all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you.
folks, welcome back to the Jar Boss Man Show. Another great week for us, folks. The football season's back. The Falcons are here. The Bears playing the Falcons up there. Soldier Field, I'm with Brain going. Oh, a guy who I watched for years, for years, for years. Hub, Arch, Flow, Weekly Hub. Great to have him on the show, Father Man. How's Rev Chicago? Everything's good, Jr. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I wanted to ask you about the Bears, first of all, man, about the, their outlook, in your opinion. Uh, young team, uh, John Fox got a new quarterback here, too, um, with Glennon and Trubisky. Defense is still kind of good for the Bears. So from what you've seen up close with the Bears, what are you looking for them to do this year for this growth and progress and generally make a run and make be a, be a, just somebody that's competes hard each week uh, in that NFC North division there? Well, you know, Jared, I think they're going to be better. Uh, they're going to be an improved football team. When you're 3-13, and 13, there's usually only one direction to go, uh, and hopefully that is up. Uh, I could see them easily doubling their win total, but that still leaves them as a 6-10 and 10 football team. I think seven or eight wins is possible if everything goes right, but they're, they're a team that still has some issues. You know, you talk about uh, three new quarterbacks. You've got Mike Glenn starting. You've got Mitch Trubisky was named number two today by head coach John Fox, which surprised people a little bit because they brought in the veteran Mark Sanchez to be number two. Sanchez is three right now. Some folks wonder why keep him and use that roster spot if he's not going to be the backup, but they feel very strongly that uh, Glennon is still a young quarterback, Trubisky, a rookie, that they need the veteran guidance of Sanchez. That's not likely to be the difference in this football team. I think they'll play well. I think Glennon will play better than people expect. I think Trubisky's preseason has been a little bit overrated. He has been better than anybody expected, better than I expected, but some of that is he creates a little catches. 13 game tapes in North Carolina. He's a really good athlete. He's got some great arm talent. He's got a lot to learn. The focus for the for Falcons has to be Glennon, and the difference in this Bears team this year is going to be more about their ground game and about their front seven on defense than it really is the quarterback. And I hope I just wanted to touch on that defense a little bit. How much do you think that they're going to have to lean on that defense, being that they do have, like you said, uh, you know, Glenn is not necessarily uh, young anymore. I guess he's been around long enough to be considered a you know, veteran. But um, the other two guys, Sanchez obviously may not get the, to see much time. Trubisky is an unproven commodity with such limited uh, time under his belt. How much are they going to have to rely on that defense as the season progresses? Well, I think over the course of the season, it'll be a lot, John. You know, we hear about NFL teams uh, building a game plan around playing defense and running the football. Those are the two things the Bears figure to do best. So when they get in against other average or below average teams, they're going to have a, a real good chance of uh, piling up more wins than they did last year. Uh, unfortunately, uh, at, the, at the highest level with the, the, the class teams in the NFL, and that's where the Falcons are right now, you got to be complete. you got to be able to throw the football as well. you got to be able to defend the pass. Uh, these are things that the Bears have to get better at. But I think I was actually more encouraged uh, about the improvement in their defense prior to the final cuts because I thought the signing of Jay Howard, a five technique from the Chiefs, would make them a better football team. thought the return of Lamar Houston at linebacker would make them a better football team. Howard was cut, and uh, you end up with Houston on your reserve, and I believe they reached an injury settlement today, so he's gone too. So some of the improvements I was looking for aren't going to be there, but they've got a couple of youngsters that have been coming fast. Leonard Floyd was drafted out of Georgia last year, number nine. He has had an outstanding preseason, and not a bad rookie year coming off of seven and a half sacks. He looks like he could make the kind of leap this year that Vic Beasley Jr. made last year. Then they've got Jonathan Bullard, a third-round pick last year out of Florida, who needed a year to grow into a third 
40 front. He played a three technique in a 40 front at Florida and wasn't a perfect fit for the Bears scheme, but he's had an excellent preseason as well. Uh, then they got Pernell McPhee back off the pup list, which nobody saw coming. His career was in question. Minimally, I think people thought he'd missed the first six weeks. I don't know if he'll go Sunday, uh, but he did have limited participation in practice today. So they've got a chance to be a really good pass rushing team and a team that defends the run very well. And that's going to keep you in a lot of football games. And Hub, I know you kind of experienced this with Rex Grossman and Lovey Smith when they lost the ball to the Colts. And the Falcons haven't lost the way they lost to the Patriots this past season in the Super Bowl in Houston. Do you? The Falcons, to me, are a better team than they were last year for defensively. They've got these young, fast guys that are playing Dan Quinn's cover three system he played in Seattle. Fast guys. Devontae Freeman's back. Julio Jones is a standout as well. You know how it's a new. So the Falcons, they're set up well to succeed. But come off to Super Bowl, lost the way they lost. Do you feel like they can recover from this and still contend in the NFC to be in the deep in the playoffs runs? You think this will probably be a one-year thing for the Falcons, and they'll probably fall back in the Tampa Bay, or maybe the Lawrence will jump them in the NFC South, where you know every year there's a new new division winner there. You know, Jr. It's, it's it's a funny thing. I keep hearing everybody talking about God can they overcome the hangover of the last twenty minutes of the Super Bowl and what a devastating loss and how are they going to overcome it? I think the Falcons are a better football team for having experienced it. They're necessarily not as good a team because it happened. You got to remember how young they were. They were starting eight first and second year players on defense, four rookies, four sophomores. Those guys now have the experience of being in a Super Bowl. They know what they just missed. They've got to have tremendous hunger to get back there again. And I look at their offseason moves. I think they're a more talented football team. I think Don Terry Poe is a great get for the interior of that defensive line. You get Marcus Trufant back at corner offense. Defensively, there's not a lot of holes on that football team. The biggest question to me about the Atlanta Falcons is not the Super Bowl loss. I think that uh, Dan Quinn's a good football coach. He'll turn that into a positive. The big question is that you've got both your coordinators gone, and particularly Kyle Shanahan. You know, will that offense and the play calling uh, be able to overcome the loss of Shanahan? Will the changes that Quinn elected to make on defense prove to be positive? You can't underrate or ignore those things. But talent-wise, I think the Falcons are better than they were eight months ago, and I think they will benefit from the experience of having lost that Super Bowl the way they did. Now, as these two teams match up, do you think that the Bears – may be able to exploit the, the early season matchup and, and maybe sneak up on the Falcons and steal a win in this game? Or do you think the Falcons are just going to come out, step on the gas, and you know head, head into week two uh, with a win under their belt? You know, John, I, I'd look for a little bit of both. Uh, you know, that's always the $64,000 question. I don't think the Bears are good enough uh, to, to sneak up on a team like the Falcons and upset them. I think the fact that they're at home – probably is an advantage. The weather is supposed to be very nice here in Chicago this weekend, so that shouldn't be a factor. Uh, I do think the Bears will do some things to limit what Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman can do on the ground, Uh, and I do think the Bears will have some early success running the football. I I think Mike Glennon has been underrated, to be honest with you. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback, but he's got some ability. Uh, The problem is that the Bears are threadbare at receiver. They weren't very good at receiver before their number two guy, Cam Meredith, went down for the season with a torn ACL in their third edition game. Their big free agent acquisition was Marcus Wheaton from the Steelers, who they were hoping could compete with Meredith for that number two job. He missed all of training camp, first with an appendicitis and then with a broken finger. He is highly unlikely 
likely to be able to go Sunday. Their best offensive lineman is Kyle Long. He is highly unlikely to be able to go Sunday, uh, still recovering from an offseason ankle surgery. Uh, McPhee, you know, even though they hope to get him back soon, I don't know if he goes Sunday. Prince Amukamara, who they brought in to be a starting cornerback, is unlikely to go Sunday. He's got a, I can't remember now if it's a hamstring or a knee, but he's got a leg problem. So I, I don't think the Bears have the weapons to surprise the Falcons. I think they'll play them tough. I think they'll show up for a half of football. Uh, but I just think the Falcons are the superior team. I don't think they can come out and step on the gas from the opening gun. They'll try. I just don't see them running away early. Uh, but I also don't see this game coming down to the wire. I think probably by the middle of the third quarter, the Falcons will start to separate a little bit, and the cream will rise to the top. They're just a better football team. Yeah, Hub, I watched that Cameron Mellon injury in Tennessee. It was kind of scary, man. I saw how it was kind of made my stomach turn. And now you've got Trey McBride, a Titan reject, and Tim Wright, a Titan reject on the roster. And cut the crews to dance and stuff, dance and stuff. Also, man. So I feel like the weapons the Bears have are, you know, not what they could be. Then they'll compete. And, Hub, what happened to that, that the running back named Howard? I thought he was a good guy, a young guy he liked, and he, he got to the practice squad. What kind of happened with, with that guy? Well, I, you know, first of all, getting back to the receivers, um, I, you know, I don't think the Titans receivers that they kept are all that good. So the fact that the Bears are claiming Trey McBride, that one left me scratching my head. I, I don't see where that's an upgrade. Kendall Wright at least was an offseason free agency acquisition. He's a pretty good slot receiver. That's where they hope to put him. Right now they're too dependent on him. Um, but you're right, Jared. They're just they're dangerously thin at wide receiver. Now, as far as running back, you're kind of half right on that one. Jordan Howard was second in the NFL rushing last year, and he is here and healthy and will be their starting back. It was Jeremy Langford who was their starting back last year before injuring an ankle and opening the door for Jordan Howard. He kind of got Wally pipped by Jordan Howard, if you will. And Langford is actually the guy that they, they then cut. He's on the Ravens practice squad. But this is where I said I think the Bears – will be able to not only play good defense with that front seven, but run the football. Jordan Howard is an outstanding running back. And and, and right now, you know, assuming that, that Zeke Elliott's going to miss some games, and he will at some point. They're not going to get the suspension thrown out. They can only delay it for a while. Howard's probably the early favorite to lead the league in rushing because the Bears are going to commit to him so much. And the other thing that's going to be interesting, they drafted this kid, Tariq Cohn, out of the uh, out of North Carolina A&T, out of the MEAC. They took him in the fourth round. He has been one of the stories of training camp. Everybody was talking about Mitch Trubisky, but folks who watch the Bears closely, this kid, Cohn, is really exciting. He's tiny. He's 5'6", about 170, 175 pounds, but Nobody can square him up, and, and, and he just had an outstanding preseason. He is already a central part of the Bears' offense. They plan on running some things through him, and if the Falcons do get a surprise, it's that they're going to see him early, and he can be tough to deal with because he is very hard to find once he gets behind those big offensive linemen, uh, and he is quick as a hiccup. He's going to remind you of an even smaller Darren Sproles, if that seems possible, and that is one weapon the Falcons will have to keep an eye on Sunday. Yeah, huh, but then my Jaquiz Rogers will. Uh, you know, you got that guy. I tell you, man, I look forward to this game. I'm huh, looking forward to it. I'm scared for the Falcons because they come out, out the blocks, you know. The guys don't really play much of the preseason, preseason games, of course. So I'm, I'm worried about that first week. To me, Hub, week one's always a toss-up to me. Week one, everybody's hyped up. We all have a chance, and guys going to play hard no matter what, and anything can happen. So I'm always worried about that, man, week one. And just how you feel about week one as well, Hub, is always a, a toss-up to you. You never can really predict it because you just never know. 
Well, I mean, there's no question we're going to get some surprises. It happens every year. You know, one of the, the better known stories or trends in the National Football League is that in 19 of the last 20 seasons, at least one team has gone from last place to first place in their division. And it'll probably happen again this year. And we don't know who that is. And we don't know which of these teams are going to be dramatically improved and who's going to backslide uh, for I want to say going all the way back to realignment in 1990, there's never been less than uh, four playoff. I'm sorry, never. Yeah, never been less than four playoff teams that failed to repeat. So there's no question that there's going to be change, and and, and you start to see it on opening day. Uh, I just I don't think it's the Falcons. I think they're too talented for it. I think Dan Quinn is an excellent football coach. You know, there's a story that is not widely reported. It's not a big deal because it didn't happen. Um, but if you go back a couple of years when the Bears selected Ryan Pace to be their general manager and he became the youngest general manager in the National Football League, I think he may still be the youngest general manager in the National Football League. He's 39 now. Um, he had a coach in mind, and it was Dan Quinn. And Quinn was with Seattle. They were getting ready to go to another Super Bowl that they would lose to the Patriots. But that's the guy that uh, Ryan Pace wanted and the guy that most people believe he would have gotten if John Fox hadn't gotten fired by the Broncos the day after Pace got hired. Ernie Acorsi, who had worked with Fox at the Giants, uh, was consulting the Bears on both the GM and coaching hire. He went to the owners, the McCaskey family, and to Pace and said, you got to hire this guy. And uh, Ryan would have liked to have waited for Dan Quinn. Uh, the Bears' ownership and President Ted Phillips weren't anxious to wait. They had the youngest coach and football, uh, youngest GM in football. They thought a veteran coach might be a good idea, so everybody agreed. Uh, it was Pace's decision, but he was kind of convinced that it was a good idea to hire Fox, and that left Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons, who were patient, to wait for Quinn to come to the Falcons. And we all know where they were two years later. So it's uh, kind of one of those six degrees of separation thing that's kind of interesting. And uh, we're at a different time, uh, you know, maybe a couple different phone calls. Dan Quinn could be coaching the Bears Sunday and not the Falcons. That's a very interesting backstory there. And, and Hub, I wanted to circle back to your analysis of Mike Lennon a little bit and drill, drill down a little bit into that analysis. Specifically, how do you see the season playing out with Glennon? Assuming uh, all things being equal, there's no injuries. Um, that's always a consideration. But we'll say for the sake of this conversation that everyone's healthy. Do you think that they stick with Glennon the entire season, regardless of outcome, if he's if he's performing well enough? Or do they want to get Mitchell Trubisky onto the field uh, as soon as they feel that he's able to uh, execute the game plan in a manner that's going to, to lead them to be competitive on Sundays? Well, you know, John, the problem now is that Mr. Bisky isn't really going to get any better uh, until he gets on the field. And, and so the answer to your question is that I think Glennon keeps the position as long as he plays well enough to deserve it. Uh, they've got a murderer's row of a schedule. They not only open with Atlanta, but then they go to Tampa. They get Pittsburgh at home and go to Green Bay. They are going to be close to double-digit underdogs in all those games. They could very easily get off to an 0-4 start. Mike Lennon has to at least be productive to give them a reason to keep Mitch Trubisky off the field. They not only used the number two overall pick in the draft to get him, but they gave up two-thirds and a fourth to move up one spot from three to two to do it. 
They didn't do that for him to be a career backup. So he is the future. There's no question about that. The issue is, is Lennon going to get enough time this season, maybe the full season, to prove that he can be a starter in the NFL as well and give himself some value for the Bears to consider for a trade or something else. So I think Lennon will stay on the field as long as he is productive, as long as he can move the offense, as long as they can score points. I don't think he'll be judged on wins and losses so much as he will efficiency. I don't think he'll be pulled at the first sign of trouble or the first interception, but what he cannot afford is to string a couple bad games in a row because, again, there's no question Trubisky is the future, and they will move to that uh, as soon as they believe that all is lost on this season and there's no reason not to. The one thing you got to keep in mind, though, people constantly forget this. Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three full years through 35 passes and cleanup duty over three years before he finally got a start. And he is, by all accounts, if not Tom Brady, the second-best quarterback in the NFL right now. So it is not that clear-cut that putting these kids on the field that quick is such a good idea. And that's why the Bears, they knew they were going to draft Trubisky when they signed Mike Lennon. Everybody acts like they went and got Lennon in free agency and then changed stream and went for Trubisky. They had been scouting Trubisky uh, silently for a full year. And so this was always the plan. They'd like to see Glennon be efficient. They've got other young players that are trying to develop as well. But if he strings a few bad games together and they're losing, uh, then it's going to be Trubisky. And I'd be surprised if Trubisky's not the starting quarterback by week 12, week 13. But I don't think it's going to happen real quick either, unless Glennon is absolutely awful. And I think Glennon is better than that. So, Hub, you brought up an interesting point, and I, and I want to touch on it in a little more detail. Young quarterbacks, especially guys that are drafted high up, one, two, three, in the draft, uh, I'm a, a Clevelander, lifelong Clevelander. I've got plenty of experience with poor quarterback play, uh, the revolving door of quarterbacks, top draft picks at the quarterback position. Uh, I'll use the example of Tim Couch. I mean, he got murdered uh, behind that offensive line. I think he set you know record sack numbers behind that offensive line, some due to his inexperience, some due to the porous nature of the, the line that he was playing behind. How do you, as a coaching staff, as an organization, how do you walk that fine line when you have somebody in the wings that you want to get experience on the field without putting him in a position like Couch got into where he just ended up being gun-shy. He got hit so many times again and again and again that it seemed like it ruined him uh, for future seasons. How do you walk that fine line? Well, you know, eventually they have to play. (laughs) So what you do is you prepare them as best you can and you put the best assets around them that you can. Now, what's interesting about the Bears and Trubisky is that some might argue that they have one of the better offensive lines in football when healthy. Uh, Kyle Long, until getting banged up last year, was considered uh, one of the three or four best guards in football. Josh Sitton, their other guard, has been to three Pro Bowls in the last four years. So there's nobody with a better pair of guards. Their center, Cody Whitehair, was all rookie last year, and he is going to be an all-pro before he's done. He's an excellent football player. And the right tackle, Bobby Massey, is as good a run blocker as you're going to find. He needs a little help sometimes in pass protection. But the Bears' offensive line from right tackle to left guard when healthy is pretty good. The question mark is Charles Leno. He's not necessarily bad. He's a bit of a question mark, and they just gave him a four-year contract extension. So they've tried to give Trubisky a solid line to play behind, Glennon and Trubisky, I should say. That's part of the answer. But at the end of the day, some of the beating that Couch took was his own fault because he wasn't athletic enough and he didn't learn to read defenses well enough to avoid some of the uh, some of the hits he had to take because he couldn't get rid of the football. So it's all about the quarterback and the line and the offense all evolving together. 
and it's up to the coaches to make that happen. Now, Hub, I want to ask you about the, the trade and at the draft. Could they have got Trubisky about trading up a spot and giving up all, all those assets? Because I feel like they could have got him at, got him at three if they stayed where they was at. But what, what made Ryan Pace make that move to go up to one spot and give up all those, that draft, draft capital there? Well, they got bluffed by the 49ers, and the 49ers tried to convince people that the Browns were going to trade up. They, in fact, were not going to trade up. They also convinced people that there might have been a mystery team looking to make a deal. Uh, Ryan uh, Pace has been complimented by none less than Bill Polian, who's one of the great GMs of all time, of making a brilliant move and making the trade, because once you decide that's your guy, you do whatever you have to to get him, and that is what Ryan Pace did. My answer to your question from talking to sources and people with all 31 other teams, no, they didn't have to make the deal. Nobody was coming up to two. The Niners weren't going to take them. The Bears could have gotten them at three, so they could have gotten them without giving up the extra picks. That's what I believe. At the end of the day, that's over, though. They, you know, they, they did it. They've got Trubisky, and now if he becomes – they, they don't just want a guy who can start for four or five years. They were looking for a franchise quarterback. They're looking for the next Aaron Rodgers, the next Brad Favre, the next Tom Brady. If that's the guy they've got, nobody's going to look back and worry about the extra picks they gave up. Now, Hub, looking at the uh, NFC, and who are some teams you label as contenders to them, represent the NFC and Super Bowl this year in Minnesota? Well, uh, I mean, to me, the Falcons are the defending champs, and you stay the champ until somebody knocks you out. So they're one of those teams. I think the Green Bay Packers are as close to complete as anybody else in the division. They're thin in a few areas, especially at offensive guard and running back and probably at inside linebacker on defense. But they're also loaded with talent, and the, and the Packers are going to score a lot of points, and, uh, and they're going to scare some people. I thought the Seattle Seahawks trade for Sheldon Richardson was just brilliant, and uh, they now may be the best defense in the NFL again. That defense is showing a little bit of fish. It's not as athletic as it was a couple of years ago, but it's still loaded with star power, and that front four is going to be scary. Their problem is that their offensive line is awful, and that's hurt them the last couple of years. It could hurt them again this year, but they're likely to win the West. And the team that I don't see, guys, I think the Cowboys are one of the most overrated teams I've seen in a long time. Um, the offense can be very good. The offensive line is the best in football. I like Dak Prescott. I, you know, Elliott is a good football player. I, I can't say much about him one way or another off the field until we eventually hopefully find out what really happened there. Um, but I think the New York Giants are the best team in the NFC East. Uh, and if they had a running game, a lot of people would be picking them for a Super Bowl. You know, people forget the Cowboys were the number one seed in the NFC last year at 13-3. and three. But two of those three losses were their two games against the Giants, who were 11-5 and five and right behind them. And the Giants are definitely a more complete team than the Cowboys. Um, so I would keep an eye on them out of the East. And, you know, from those four division champs, you're going to get your Super Bowl team. Although I will say to the Falcons fans, the, the South is maybe the best division in football this year. I think the Panthers are going to bounce back. I just don't know how healthy Newton's shoulder is. Um, the Bucks are going to score a ton of points. I don't think they're very good on defense. And the Saints are an interesting football team because this is the first offseason I can remember where they did more than just pay lip service to their defense in their ground game. They've made some interesting changes. And if Sean Payton is willing to call a different game and help his defense out a little bit by running the ball more, um, they could be scary as well. Now, outside of these uh, teams that you've mentioned, from a 30,000-foot view, is there one or two teams that you've got in the back of your mind that you know could make that step up to contend uh, for the postseason, 
maybe beyond that, go from a, a 500 team to a playoff team, maybe you know six and ten up to a wild card team. Who are you looking at to make a, a significant move towards the playoffs this year? Well, I guess I'm cheating a little bit because you don't think of them as being that bad. But the Saints have only been in the playoffs once in the last five years. That was 13, and uh, they're a team that I could see making a move. Uh, if you're looking for lesser-known teams, the Titans were 9-7 and seven last year quietly. I think they're going to win the South. I think they got a chance to be really good. I love those two young tackles on offense. I think Marcus Mariota's got a chance to be special, and I keep an eye on Tennessee. Of the bad teams that we're looking to improve, which I guess is what we're really talking about, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the most talent. So there's no question that they're loaded with good young football players, and they just haven't been very good. Uh, I don't know if Blake Bortles can turn a corner for them or not, uh, but you add people like Calais Campbell on defense, uh, and there, there's just a ton of talent on Jacksonville, and I'd be surprised if they weren't a lot better than they have in the last couple of years. I just don't know if they've got enough to become a playoff contender. Hey, Hub, this has been great, man, having you on the show. We usually don't go this long where I guess, but, man, you've been so good. I couldn't let you go, man. I've been reading your stuff for years. Great to have you on the show. And, Hub, I'm going to tell you, you come down to Atlanta, Super Bowl next year, you're going to enjoy yourself. That stadium is, is amazing. It just impresses me from, from point A to point Z. That place is it's awesome. You're going to love it when you get down here. Yeah, I'm anxious to see it. I just hope it's not a Sunday game so I can get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you can always get Jim Nick's barbecue. This is about Falcons barbecue. (laughs) JR, if it's a Sunday, JR, he's probably got one, you know, floating around. He'll hook you up. He's got the ins and outs down there. He'll get one for you. (laughs) Guys, I've enjoyed visiting with you. I do appreciate you having me. You're welcome, folks. It's Hub Arkansas for Pro Football Weekly. Check him out ProFootballWeekly.com. Always, his stuff is great for you out of Chicago. all your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also a vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers.
hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you.